gospel gives us one of the best, I think so, themes uh, in the Bible is the wedding reception. I, as a priest, I've been to many, many weddings at this point, uh, more American ones than Polish, which is awesome because you have few, uh, you do it differently when we do it in Poland, which I really love. You do something which is called a rehearsal dinner. We don't do it in Poland. When I came here for the first time and I had to go to the rehearsal dinner, after the rehearsal, I was surprised, what? What are you doing? Oh yeah, it's the dinner for like the immediate family and friends. Oh, sounds nice. For those of you who know me, uh, I love food. You don't have to tell me twice, but there is a rehearsal dinner that you have to go to. <laughs> All right, we're gonna rehearse how to eat. This sounds awesome. The wedding itself is like in Poland, like all around the world, but then wedding reception. I love your style because you are almost done by midnight. When it's 11 p.m., party is over, go home, get some sleep. I love it. You do it better when we do it. We party till 6 a.m. <laughs> and everyone is so exhausted. So I love your style. You, you get to eat more and sleep more. That sounds nice. Weddings are beautiful. As a priest, sometimes we go to the receptions. If we're close to the couple, we are invited by them. So we go most of the time. We have time to do it. I'm this kind of priest here at Lourdes who does weddings outside of Lourdes. So I most of the time go to the mountains. So usually, of course, I'm invited to reception. And of course, I never say no. Free food sounds good to me. Have you ever met someone who said, no, I will not come to your wedding because yes, I have something to do, there is other business or whatever. If you have a friend like this, that's not okay. It's not. Who says no to the wedding reception? Who says no? That's why Jesus gives us this parable. It's ridiculous when you say that. The king in this story is doing wedding reception for his son. Just imagine a royal wedding. You're invited to the reception. It's like probably one time in your life that can happen. You should go. And still some people, yeah, like in this story, they refused. Who are you? You say no to the king? Royal wedding. How can you say no? You have to remember in Jesus' time, that's the style even today, if you are doing a reception, wedding a reception, uh, it usually lasts like a week. It's a long party. So not your style till midnight, it's like longer even than the Polish style. It's a week of partying. Jesus was invited, as you remember the story with Cana, and of course wine ran out. Uh, of course, if you party for a week, it happens. But he was invited, and did, he didn't say no. Usually all the village was invited to the party. So in this story, when Jesus says, yes, the invitation was sent the first time, some of the people, they said, no, I will not come. 
So the style was always to do it second time, just the day before, or even the same day. Guys, just a reminder, we have the wedding. You should come. You should come. And still some people said no. They said no. How is it possible you said no twice to the, such a beautiful wedding? Like Jesus told us, some ignored the invitation, went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest, this is really interesting, the rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. Why? You see the, the logic here? Because I don't. I mean, I will tell you what I see and what the church says, but it's, why would you do it? Wedding reception, and you mistreat the servants, and you kill them. Of course, King got upset. He was in range and sent his troops, and of course, destroyed all these people and burned their city. Some biblical scholars say that it's about Jerusalem in 70 AD. God destroyed the city because they thought we can do it by ourselves. No, you can't. You cannot do wedding reception by yourself. The king is inviting you. You should come. You should come. The story actually gets interesting. Uh, why? Because the, the king says, you know what? They said, no, bring me anyone good and bad. I don't, I don't care anymore. I need people because we have so much food here and wine. Someone needs to eat it. That's why it's being done. So everyone is, is coming and the story ends in a way actually it's for all of us. Now, the king said to this one of these guys who came in somehow and he didn't have the, the wedding garment, wedding clothes. Uh, do we have someone who does it? Raise your hand. You go to the wedding reception like in your shorts and flip-flops. Anyone? No, you always dress up nicely, right? Because just imagine, you invite people and someone shows up, you know, beach style to your wedding. What would you think? Like, is this everything okay with you? Like, what's wrong? That's why King was surprised too. How did you came in? In Jesus' time, again, that's something that we don't know right now, but I'm going to tell you. If you were invited to the wedding, you would receive as a guest something that would signify that you were invited. Even a scarf, shawl, something simple. But that was the sign for the king, the bride and the bridegroom. And the groom, but you know, okay, he was invited. It's not just a random guy who showed up. He's not the wedding crusher, right? It's one of my favorite movies, Wedding Crushers. Uh, he was not invited. Or, second option, he didn't care. He got the gift from the king, maybe, or from his servants, but he didn't care to really put it on himself. So two things, yes. The first one, he was not invited or he doesn't care about this couple. He doesn't want to share the joy. So of course, if you don't feel like a part of this uh, event, 
you shouldn't be here. Get out. That's what happened here. When the question was asked, my friend, see what the king does? This is God. He always tells you, you're my friend. My friend, how? How is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. That's the symbol kind of the last judgment. You won't have any, any time to explain yourself. It's too late. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. Here's what the church says about this uh, parable. Of course, a few layers here. The first one is, let's go back to the history. The prophets that were sent by God to people to repent and come back to God. That's why these guys, these guys are the servants who got killed. And they said no to God. Finally, when God didn't get whom he wanted, the chosen nation, the Jews, he sent an invitation to all the world, the pagans, which means us, all of us. All of us are invited to be saved because the wedding feast is always the image of heaven in the Bible. Everyone is invited, but if you want to come to the wedding, you should look like the guest. Every one of us should get the wedding garment, right, from God, and we should put it on. We cannot get to heaven without accepting the joy of salvation, and we cannot get there uh, by sneaking in. That's not possible too, like this guy. The church says, of course, God saved us by dying on the cross, but if we truly want to be safe, if we truly want to be at the wedding reception, we have to behave like those who are saved. And that's where the fun begins. Some people don't want to do it. And I'm not going to go right, uh, you know, by explaining to you what it really means, because I think you really do know what it means. Being Christian, not even just Catholic, Christian uh, doesn't save you. It's not the club that you paid for a membership and I'm good to go. No, no it's not. We have to accept the wedding garment. We have to accept what God wants us to put on. It means there are a few requirements too. Like accepting the teaching of the church on specific social stuff. You can find many people whose claim, and I, pre I find this pretty interesting, I am Catholic, yes, I was baptized Catholic or Christian, but I don't accept this, 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 and that. You see? He or she doesn't want to put a wedding garment. One of the big topics uh, for us is uh, something that I want to talk about really pretty briefly. Uh, we call this Sunday Stewardship Sunday. Uh, so we talk about something that actually takes us sometimes away from God or actually might get, 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 get us get closer to God. 
and this thing is called money. Yes, everyone loves money. Money. Even in this story, some of these people said, I will not come to the wedding reception because I have to go back to my business. Money was higher than God. See, we become what we worship. These guys worshipped their business. Or another uh, farm, like in this story. There is always something in our lives that might be higher than God, and that's not okay. That's not really help to put on the wedding garment. Money, I think you know this already, is not good, it's not bad. Money is neutral. It depends on you how you use it. Classic example of what I always say is uh, a knife. Knife can be used to make a really good sandwich or it might help you to kill someone. It's your choice. The knife doesn't do it by itself. It's you. Uh, same with money. Money can be a huge ally or a huge enemy. Depends on us. Now, the church always, throughout the centuries, uh, has been saying that money is, you have to be so careful with it, because it might take you away from God. In the world's approach to money, it's all about the more you have, the more happier you will become. Right? A new iPhone 15 came out last month. You know this? And it's always interesting to look, you know, like on the news, like people are like waiting in huge lines to get the newest iPhone. I was like, yeah, okay, let me see what's new there, because usually nothing is new, but I just Google it, went to the Apple, you know, website. I just want to see the specifications, and everyone said, that's oh, almost the same one like iPhone 14. Nothing really changed besides this one and this one, this thing. And I, uh, then I ask myself, yeah, new iPhone 15. Actually, I need, I need a new phone. Come on, it's just 1,000 bucks. It's just $1,000. That's what I told myself. See, I was trying to convince myself, like, you can do it. Come on, you want it. Yes, you do. You need a new phone. But then, of course, I was looking at my phone. I'm like, no, this one works perfectly. I just changed the battery, and I don't need this feature and this one, this one, this one. Whenever I struggle with uh, choice, specifically material goods, I give myself, as the rule for my, myself, you can use it too, I give myself a week to think. And then I ask myself the question after a week, do you really need this or you want this? The needs and wants, what is it? And after a week, I was like, yeah, I just wanted it. I, honestly, I don't need it. So no, I didn't buy it. Uh, I didn't buy it. Maybe next year when iPhone 16 comes out, then iPhone 15 is old, right? Uh, so yeah, you can buy it now. It's always a choice, that's my point. The world tells us, yes, the more, the, the more you have, the happier you will become. 
The church says the opposite. The less you have, the more generous you are, the happier you will become. And of course, whatever the church says, it's based uh, on Jesus' mission. And he did this right behind me. You can see the crucifix. This is the sacrifice that he, he did for us. That's what it generous really means. Giving yourself 100%. John 3.16, of course, the classic phrase and verse from the Bible says that, you know, Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it. Uh, he was generous. He gave up his life. If we do what he says, if we put the wedding garment, because that would mean putting, on, putting it on, when you accept his teaching, you can really be like Jesus. You can really be like Jesus. But still, we are humans. Uh, sin exists. We struggle to choose God. There are a few things that, of course, take us uh, away from being generous. It's not just even about money, just being generous in general. Uh, one of them is... Uh, Fear of the future. Fear of the future. We never know actually what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know. You never know. You know, I, I've been a priest now for four years, and uh, sometimes I meet people, uh, Father Brian does it too sometimes actually. Uh, we say like, you know, see you later. And he says like, if you are lucky. I'm like, whoa, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> Father Sean does it too. Uh, I'm like, yeah, actually, there is always a chance that I might die today. But we never think about it. We put it, no, you know, I, I will die. Of course I will. Everyone dies. But like when I'm 70, maybe 80 something. Uh, but there is always a chance uh, that it might happen today. Fear of the future. It's the huge one. So we want to, of course, uh, collect stuff, including money. So it gives us kind of like a, a freedom, you know, I am safe. It gives us kind of this pillow, because I can land on it. Of course, I'm not saying you shouldn't save, save money, save for your retirement. You should do it. But the point is, if we put too much faith into this, then we don't put much faith into God. One of the uh, greatest reasons to say no to being generous, specifically with money, uh, and that's what we as priests hear a lot, is the church has a lot of money. Uh, well, yes and no. Yes and no. Thanks to you, actually, by supporting this parish, we can have uh, lights. And it's kind of nice inside. Uh, we have money actually to turn all of the lights, just FYI, but we choose not to, <laughs> to save some of the money. It's not like, you know, 6 p.m. or we are poor, and so don't turn everything. No, we have money. The point is, as the parish, we try to teach you how to deal with this great ally, 
So we do what we tell you as well. We give 10% of our uh, offertory uh, to different charities, sometimes people in need. So we tithe 10% of, of our offertory. We have even a committee, a group of people that helped me and Father Sean to choose where the money should go. As the parish, we want to, of course, be generous, and we do it uh, because of you. So thank you for uh, providing money that we can actually share with others. But that's my point. If we want to be at the wedding reception, like the first reading said, so much food, rich food, and choice of wine, sounds good to me, I want to be there. Uh, we have to put a wedding garment. We have to be generous with anything in our life. Money is, of course, one of the biggest topics there, but still we have to be like Jesus. We have to give ourselves, because everyone is invited, everyone. Yeah. But few are chosen, few are chosen. It's not easy. It's difficult, but if we do it, like St. Paul said, my God will fully supply whatever you need. He will. It doesn't always mean money. That's the third trap that people might think. If I give to the church, if I support you know, generously um, specific causes, God will bless me with more money. Uh, might happen, might not happen. He will bless you somehow. He will. Like St. Paul's, yes, my God will fully supply whatever you need. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. See the, the faith of St. Paul? He wrote this letter at the end of his life. He's an old guy at this point. He knows I'm almost done. I've done what I've could. And like he says, I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstance, in all things, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Let's say yes to this invitation. Let's say yes and come to the feast. Because uh, first and foremost, it would be pretty rude to say to tell King, I'm not coming. But if you want to come, please put a wedding garment. Do what Jesus says. Uh, that's the way to get inside. Get inside. Every Catholic Mass is the, the glimpse of what's going to happen in heaven. Uh, being at the wedding feast. Let's pray that we'll put on wedding garment and we'll be with God forever and ever. Sounds good to me. That's the best wedding reception I'm going to be at. I don't know about you, I'm doing this. I'm putting a wedding garment.